Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Tone Norris podcast. I'm your host, James, and I'm joined by my good friend, Timmy Lang. Hi, everyone. Rowan is on the deck. Say hi, Ron. Hello, And this week, we have a man from Parklands, um, Robbie Deneen. So I'll give you a little bit of context as to why Robbie is here. A few months ago, we put up on Instagram um, what topics would people like us to cover, and there was a huge amount of people said cancer. And then Robbie seen that, so Robbie says, "Look, lads, I'm uh, my two parents died from cancer relatively young. Uh, if you're looking for somebody to cover the topic, it might be suitable. So that's how you're on. Yeah, I and might be suitable. We'll see. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's a a topic that affects so many people. I'd say everybody in this room, the four of us, we all have family members that have passed from cancer. Well, that's it. Like it's unavoidable, really. Like you know, so mm-hmm. no matter." Rich or poor or yeah. whatever you get into in life, like yeah, that's before you discriminate. Like before we talk about the cancer with your parents, do you want to just tell us a little bit about uh, where you're from and what your mum and dad were like and where they're from originally? And yeah, well, there are two of them both from North Side as well. My mum was from uh, Fernley and my dad was from uh, Granbar Avenue. So yeah, and he was an insurance man around the North Side, so he used to be collecting around there. So people were knowing him and stuff. My mum worked in town. Two relatively healthy people. My dad was a runner, done the Cork Marathon in 2007. So he was fairly healthy. Like, so when it all happened, it was a big shock for that as well. Like, so do you know, you think yeah. you're doing the right things mm. and you're staying healthy yeah. and you're doing all that? But mm. as you said, like, it doesn't discriminate and it still comes knocking on the doorstep. Like, so. Um, what age was he? Like, do you know when, can you remember when he started getting ill? Yeah, I was actually in America for the summer. And I'll be family in America, so I was over there and it was 2008. He actually got diagnosed my sister's birthday, the 6th of May. So they didn't tell me about it actually, so I was away still, like, so not to worry me and stuff like But he got that, he was doing radiotherapy, but like it didn't phase him. Like he was going to work and going up getting radiotherapy, going back out to work. Like it was kind of, it was nearly putting the backbone or like, you know, he wasn't letting it affect him or anything. Like mm. he, like my cousin got married that summer. I think he went to a banjo every concert in Punchestown that summer. You know, he still got on with everything and that was fine. And I came back, I came back, I say August of that year and got told big shock then to me, like, you know, cause I wasn't after knowing, like, but there, everyone else had kind of digested it, like, mm-hmm. and knew about it. So that was fine. And he kind of got the oil clear later that year. 
then 2009, they actually done the C team for the marathon. It was called All Cancer Survivors. I think Jodine was part of that team as well, yeah. the car corridor. So yeah. there was a few of them. They done that in 2009. And then 2014, it came back, June 2014. He kind of, his legs swelled up. And he went to the doctor and it was the prostate gland was after swelling, like. So they had to put a splint in and went up to hospital and everything. And, he put on tablets to try and bring down the swelling and all that like but mm. that was kind of grand anyway he kind of got on with it and then august i think it was like the 15th or 16th of august he woke up that morning pains in his stomach couldn't move couldn't get out of bed like and that john he wouldn't yeah he'd kind of get on with things you know, even pain wise now he would have like and he was in a bad way like and rang an ambulance i went up to the hospital and there was a, a clot after going off and blocking up his whole bow, like, so they had to do an emergency surgery on this Saturday. And, uh, yeah, they called us into the, the dreaded room, like, and they were like, you need to get family back from wherever your family, like, so he'd family, family in America, like, so rang them, like, and they said, like, he probably won't survive this operation, like, but they're going to do it anyway, like, and mm. so that was a big shock to the system like so and just knocks it for six really like and we're just like what the fuck do you do there like so yeah. we were just trying to regroup like we all our family was there everyone was there and uh yeah rang family to come back from america and done the operation and he went down to the icu unit then in the cuh and he was in there for five weeks so no movement and in that five weeks more clots went off so a clot went to his foot and a clot went to his tongue so they actually had to remove the top of his foot and the top of his tongue while he was out like so we were like jesus like what's going on like th mm. this is kind of torture to his body as well even though i was unknown so at the time and all that like but yeah like so we were there every day up to the hospital for five weeks just sitting by the bedside like kind of wondering is it going to get better or is it going to get worse and they really didn't know either like it was just how will his body react like and five weeks later then he woke up jesus like he was out of it still now like but he didn't know nothing like couldn't talk then over the tongue at the time so he that kind of he was very agitated about all that like and i'm trying to explain to him then and filming what's after happening like so he's just been out he's been mm -hmm. unconscious for five five weeks like so the first he was there we gave him a notepad and he wrote down my mom was next to him and he wrote down he goes uh how you fixed for money is the first thing you ask my mom like so mm. joy he'd always make sure we were all all right or yeah. all that like but that was the first thing after five mm. weeks like so we're like that was the least sort of fucking worries now yeah. like you know, mm. and he didn't even ask you about the tongue like no nothing at all no. like nothing anything or how how long was i out or what happened it was like how you fixed for money to my mom like yeah. That tell you the the market from there, like so as bad as he was, you know. Yeah. His first thought is like how how my okay. Yeah, yeah look look after, after my family okay. straight away. Like so yeah. yeah. So we were kinda glad, like then we started asking the questions then, like what's next? Or is he in there's telling you, look, serious, like you're not out of the woods by any means, like and we weren't, like so we he went up to a war, then he was up in a war for eight weeks. Is this in the COH? In the COH, yeah, they were very good, in fairness, like, and uh, went up to a ward and kind of 
speech therapy started coming in because some of your tongue can actually come back like well, that. so yeah so. I've never heard of a clot in the tongue yeah, yeah. I was wondering but about like, that but like this was like no one did like mm. like there was like students coming in looking at him and taking notes and he's like fuck it here they are now again like, but he's mm. like he left he's like Jesus they have to even do it like yeah, but yeah, yeah. they were amazed by it like and mad like he never gave out about the foot either I thought that was going to be a huge thing over Joe running like and all this like yeah. but he just kind of took it and he stride in fairness like and then after five weeks they were kind of saying you're kind of doing a bit better now kind of we can go to Mary Mount like for respite and then like, so you hear things about Mary Mount then like you're like is it respite like are mm-hmm. you going do you know we were kind of mm-hmm. hesitant about it now to be fair like and we we're like look all right so we go like and he was in up there two weeks and he did deteriorate quickly like and he passed away up there and like but yeah. like we kind of have you many siblings? I've one sister, so she's actually lives in Dublin. Like, so she come came down like, and she was down for the whole thing. She's had to work from home down yeah. here, like, so mm-hmm. she was there. So work, she was working from the hospital and stuff like that, like, so it was good that she could come down, like, so yeah, we kind of fell out of love with Mary Moon fairly quick over that kind of episode, like, but that was just kind of mm-hmm. that's just there. That's kind of just. This, it, there was the a worst. bad stereotype yeah, to it like yeah. that you win there and you never come out of there so like, and it's like yeah, yeah. People that's kind of gone now as well like like, mm-hmm. like when we go on to the next chapter of it like with my mum like it's a total different scenario yeah. like, so, but like we kind of went up there thinking oh I was respite he's going to get better and come home and then bang it went the opposite mm-hmm. way so like we were bitter like well I was anyway mm-hmm. like John, even after the year after it, like John, you're we out for a drink like and as you said there like John, you'd see a fella in the pub and and what I feel like smoking, you know, he smoked 70 fags a day and he's idle to drink, you know, like, just looking at him. You feel like, like you feel like well, you had a raw deal and, and joy kind of got bad that way, all right, like I did. Like, you, were, you were grieving, yeah. you were sad. You and know. that would, like, for a year, like, first year, I did, I kind of got, like, it wasn't, he was past mad, like, mm. it was bitter nearly, you know, that kind of way, like, mm. you kind of, mm. like, why him, why not him? And you're, like, thinking he'd done everything right, like, he wasn't a big drinker, fit, healthy. But that's a hundred percent normal for a human yeah. being to think when they lose a loved one f- from something like that. You know, they they're gonna feel yeah. a little bit hard done by because there's other people out there. It's it's the same example for for people that can't have kids, really. You know, mm. people that can't have kids and they're looking at people that can have yeah, kids. Yeah. They're missing just seeing their happiness. Then. And you know, and yeah. and, and they they're not able to be taken care of those kids that they have but there's couples then that would be able to give a child plenty of love and yeah. so they can't it's, it's, it's the same it's the other side of the kind yeah. like, there's so. another another kind of an example then would be like um, you know, people in addiction like um, why do some people overdose and die and some people don't you know mm. I think yeah. about friends I've lost and people that I know that have died and you think like, how come I'm alive and they are not alive? They were good people, you know. Yeah. It's just fucking. It's just the way of the world. It's just the universe and how it works, and yeah. we've no control over it. But I was just when you were talking there, I was thinking about like what it must be like, what it must have been like for him to be. And he was out for five weeks yeah. to wake up, and he can't talk. Like what? Like he must have been so it's afraid. Like Enchantment or something. Yeah, it's the disorientated. Like, like how you can like he could talk nearly as a sense he could could like. But we couldn't understand what he was saying, like, because mm. he didn't know about the tongue at the time, you know? Yeah. So he was trying to get words out, like, and there's warm coming out, right? Like, you get bits and pieces then, like, yeah. all right, like, but well, it was a tough couple of weeks. That, that period was bad. Not do, you know when it, he, like, do you know when he got it first time around, the very first time? Can you remember the signs and symptoms that were there? Did he ever speak to you about those? 
I think it was just going like going to the toll a lot, like passing urine a lot and a kind of burning sensation as well. Like so like everyone says, Oh, do go get the checks and do all this like but I can't be the one to preach that because I haven't done it myself, you know. Mm-hmm. So but it is it's probably the most important part of it really, like you know, to be don't ignore yourself, like, don't ignore the signs. Yeah, like. oh definitely. Like and, definitely. and I always would have thought that the prostate thing for men was wasn't as bad as a lot of the other cancers as serious, but and it wasn't. It wasn't supposed to be either, like because that's when he got rid of it the first time. They were happy with it and everything. Like, but again, it's the thing that just mm-hmm. came back. Like, so yeah. Like, if I suppose if you kind of get a cancer, it's one of the ones that you hear people yeah. recover from a lot. Yeah. Like, you know, so that's what, probably just my la- lack of education around. No, it. you're right. You what know? you said, yeah. as, as he said, like a lot of people do recover from yeah. it. Like, not like yeah. um, pancreatic cancer. Like, oh, what yeah, Liam Miller got. You get it. You, you probably don't have a prayer straight away or written off before you even start. Like, you yeah. know, so. I think if you get uh, cancer in the pancreas, like what Liam yeah. Miller does not survive yeah, for that to, to go I mean? straight to palliative care then for that yeah. yeah they don't even treat you like so yeah but yeah. um what age was your dad when he passed away uh 60 60 so he's still relatively life left in him like oh, he did like so he's very relatively young like so that's another thing where you'd be kind of bitter as well you know like but he again like there's yeah. something we bitter about a lot of things like but it's just a tough it was a tough one to swallow like and really that was, was in 2014 yeah. that was 2014 then like so yeah kind of the year or two after that was tough like even for all of us as a family it was tough like you know I mean? I'm, like while he was in hospital like they would have had their 36 wedding anniversary like you know so mm-hmm. they were with each other from a very young age like, they were know, too, weren't they? so like she was like devastated then like so then like you were trying to worry about your own self and then you were coming home like and she's just there then like you know you're like like you could nearly go off the rails yourself but you know, like if you go off the rails, it's gonna be worse on your mum. Like. Yeah, yeah. So it's nearly it nearly keep you in line. Like, yeah. like I could went away on the piss every night and drank my sorrows, and mm. but then I come home, you're only gonna make her feel worse if you start. You, you have like that. Like, you, you have know? that from your dad. Oh yeah. Thinking about mm. your family before yourself. So that's it. Like, that's so good thing. That's good. It kind of helped us all in a sense because like it, it could have fucked a lot of us up. If yeah. I had done that, then I would messed myself up. She would be mm. worse. Like so. Yeah. She was after losing the person, to her soulmate. Yeah, the person she, was she woke up next every day. So they'd done everything together yeah. all their lives, like, and then bang, gone. Like, so what do you do? Like, I'm sure even there was days there, like, I could come home from work early, like, and I come in, she'd be in front of room, she'd be crying, like, and then she'd be all apologizing, like, because mm-hmm. I wasn't supposed to be home yet. Like, I'm like, so that's, you can't do this on your own either. Like, so mm-hmm. we all feel the same way. Like, so it was tough for her, no, well, she just was very tough for her, like, but yeah, and then. Probably kind of started getting her lives back together, then and bang, she got the news of her one. Like, so what was the the, sorry, James? What What was the time frame between your father dying and your mother getting the news of shit? So, my dad died November 2014, and three years on November 2017, she found out she had uh, a tumor. So, three years, like, so fucking hell, what was the signs and symptoms from that? like looking back no we kind of we didn't know or something like but even we went out for dinner for my dad's anniversary even like and i think joanna turned around to her and was like uh why are you food there in your mouth or something like that or something small like and she didn't even know how to sit on kind of these things but she never felt it like and she kind of started getting headaches and things like that again so i think one night not we brought it to south dock and they kind of cleared her for like a stroke and all this kind of thing and we went to our gp and we got into the hospital and said, we book in 
So yeah, this is over the weekend, this will be booking Monday week for a scan. So I think things just got worse over the weekend. So I just brought up to the CVS myself, like, and just went into any and told them the situation that like, we're booked in for a scan next week. Like, so they, they brought a the form, they done it there and then. And they came back then that there was uh, there was something there, like, so. Range on Yeah, but did it, did it, did it call it a mask, like, yeah, like, so you yeah. don't know what it is at the time, like, or is it bad, is it, you know, is it, what yeah. is it, like, really, like, so. It was just me and her up there, like, so I'm like, shit, like, so yeah. I'm trying to keep her calm at the same time, and me, kind of, on your brain just goes into overdrive then straight away, so. I rang my sister, I was like, breaking the news to her then, so she came down from Dublin straight away. And I think three days later, they'd done the operation. And, uh, like, again, like, they're like, look, the operation comes with risks, like, especially around the brain, like, you know, so be prepared for anything at all, like, so, again, like, you're, you're going home waiting for the call again, like, so. Jesus Christ. That must be They ring, like, they, they make sure you go home, like, because they're like, look, we don't know how, even how long this will take, like, so just go home and we'll call it, like, so we got the phone call, they said, they got out 96% of the tumour. So if you hear that, then you're like, fuck, like, yeah. like them odds, like, yeah, you know, yeah, no matter what, like 96%, like, so. But then they said, the other 4% is a, is a grade four cancer, like, so it's an aggressive cancer, like that, but it will grow back, like, so. Fuck that kind of knocks you back then again from your, your good percentages, like, so. But yeah, that was kind of yeah, the middle of November. And they said they'd start radiotherapy then in January. So they started that in January till March and it kind of made no impact at all, really. And they then went on to chemo from March then for three months, I think. Do you know what the difference is between radiotherapy and chemotherapy? I don't, to be honest, no, I don't really. The chemo is probably a bit more Chemo is more aggressive, all right. It was definitely more aggressive because, as I said earlier with my dad, like, he was getting radiotherapy and he was going up like, on his break from work kind of thing yeah. and going back to work like as if it wasn't phasing him. But like my mom was getting chemo, like the week you get it, just, this could be different out for anyone at all. Like, but the week she was getting it, she was fine. The next week then bed bound for the week nearly like, and the mm. week after and again, she'd be grand like, mm. and then she'd get it, you get it again after I was going in a three week stint like, but it was always the week after it, it would nearly hit you like. Mm. And just wiped her out, like. But again, then they don't. They wait a couple of months then before they test it because they have to see if it's doing anything at all. Like, so they bring in, give you the scans, and kind of didn't, to be honest. Like, so they were like, "You're, you're kind of running out of options here, no?" Like, so mm. there was a new type of treatment, like that it's not really used, called an Avastian treatment, which is a harsher treatment again, and it goes directly to the the tumor, like, but it's yeah. very, very harsh, like. And we're kind of saying, all right, like, because mm. otherwise it's just carry on and does the tumour get worse? Does it get worse very quickly? Which they said it would over being a grade four, yeah. it'll come back pretty aggressive. Like, so we went for that, like, but it just kind of ruined her immune system, like, was at an all time low, like, like anything at all. Like, she was just picking up things, like, and she got a, in August her foot kind of swelled up, like, and uh, it's very ready, pinkish, like, so, like, we'll have to bring you over, like, to get that checked, like, so, we went in, and uh, it was called uh, fasciitis or something like that. It was a flesh-eating disease, 
Så det heter remove from the need on all, all the flesh on our skin. All the muscles, just took it apart, like took it off. Fuck and kind of wrapped it up in bandages. Like I remember walking in one day when they were even changed and it's like, and I wouldn't be good with those kind of things. Like, mm. Jesus, like it was just the bone, like from the knee down. Like. I think I remember seeing last year, um, do you know Susan that was on the podcast and up in Al Cullen? Yeah. Her brother Robbie. Do you know her brother Robbie? He's about my age. Yeah. I don't know, he, he get that. He got a flesh-eating yolk on his leg, yeah. but it stripped his leg. Yeah, like that's was, what she got now. It was like, like a leg with no skin, like. Yeah, exactly that, and it's it's rapid, like. So they were, and like, it was going down here, like, and there was kind of red red spots up towards the knee, but they had to get it up so far that it's mm-hmm. completely gone, like, or it'll just mm-hmm. spread, like, mad, like, so. Was it so related then, to the cancer then, Robbie? Yeah, because it was like, her immune system was so low, it was down, and this treatment was so harsh on her. She just had not defied anything at all. Like, she picking up all these infections. Like, yeah. So she got that, like, so, yeah, it was in relation okay. to it, really, like. Fuck. And so then, like, your brain goes from the tumour to the leg. You know. So the, the head was forgotten about then, like, mm-hmm. everyone then is worried about the leg, how's the leg today, strapping up the leg and everything. So they were trying to save that. Well, seven weeks later, then she got it amputated. Like, so they couldn't. They couldn't save. Like, it was just for her own sake. Like, cause yeah. it was just it wasn't going to come back anyway at all. Like, so amputation. So, like, she took everything in stride. Like, she was always positive, positive. Like, and she's like, look, that's fine. Like, I can still do get around. I can still do this. So that was grand. Back up to the head. Then, like, you know, so the one thing to another. Mm. Like, but it was just. That was kind of session in August, like that was kind of middle of September, and then like she kind of started improving, all right, like, and then uh, the end of October, we they said, "Geez, lads, she's kind of getting well here. You go home, like," and we didn't even think twice about it. We said, "Yeah, packed our bags, brought her home, like." But we should have had a step back, like looking at it. No, it was easy. John, we just wanted our man home, like. Yeah. But like it was. We did, we were in at a deep end, you know what I mean? Like, she needed more care than what we could give her, like, but we didn't even realise that at the time. We just went to her home and be back to a bit of normality, like, but she was only home for the three days, I say, and the infection came back on the top of her tie there again. So they had to bring her back in and take more skin again from there, like. Fuck. So, like, yeah, so that was, I think that was actually the end of November. And then she was in there, they brought, we got her all for Christmas Day, just all right. What year is this now? This is 2018. Yeah, so she diagnosed so a she, year later. Yeah, she, she was diagnosed 2017, November, and then through 2018, she went through the treatments, and in August 2018, she got the kind of the mm. flesh-eating disease. Yeah. Then she kind of, Christmas, all right, like, we thought she was fine, even though you were looking back and forth, as now we were kind of looking, God, oh, Jesus, she didn't look well at all, like, and then to January she kind of went down a bit and she actually went to the to Marymount but she went to Marymount in February and this is how things change like she wouldn't go there like and she said there's no way I'm going up there like and we were like where where can you go like you need the proper help and she was ringing really ringing places down in Mallow all these care and homes and facilities like that and we were like that's fine, like, but if you want your sisters or us, like, we're obviously going to go down to you, like, but... Mm. Like, up the road, like... Yeah, if you're going up to Mallow, like, do you know, do you know what we are? We want being selfish on us, like, we were like, for her, like, you want, you want more like, visitors, you want people around you, yeah, like, yeah. you want better care as well, like, so... 
Like we went from hating Mary Mount and being against it nearly four or three years ago to nearly wishing her into it then this time around. Like so mm. we got up there anyway and like it's it's like a five star hotel, like what like what they do is just mm. unbelievable, like the way they look after people and it is like it's just brilliant like it is brilliant like and they have everything up there like she was going down there doing her nails getting her hair done all this up there now like it's what they do for people is brilliant like mm. and yeah she kind of shopped there in february and she kind of took a turn around march getting there to bring her back to the cuh because she's on all steroids and on all everything like and they were kind of affecting the kidneys then and stuff like so they thought that they might go and like she was hallucinating and everything like up in the COH like thinking people were around and thought the nurses were against her like and we were at home she'd ring come over that the nurses were doing but they weren't like it was just all the pain meds and everything like but like looking back and some of some of the stories were nearly funny like so she was nearly seeing things like and she'd like she was telling me pick something up and bring it over there and put it on the shelf and there was nothing there and there was no shelf over there so my sister was looking at me and like do you go along with it? Like, do I pretend to pick something <laughs> no, up and put it on the no. shelf or do I, like, show over, like, oh, what do you do? Like, but, like, small things that were funny, like, but then sometimes they get a bit more serious and it was kind of upsetting, all right, like, but she kind of came back around, like, and they held the room for us back in Mary Mount and they were like, are, is she coming back? And we were like, we don't know. And they were like, look, we'll hold the room and everything. So they were, they were very nice, like, and so we went back and back from March, like, and I think even one weekend in March we brought her out and we, we brought her out in the wheelchair and we brought her down to Douglas, down to uh, I'll stop up in Dee's village like we got lunch and everything and we gave her uh, a glass of wine with some seven up. I said she was lying, wasn't it? Like going around after she was delighted. It was one, mm. I say it was one of the best days that we had in the last couple of months with her like yeah. and she was delighted like and we went back and then they kind of told us look it's kind of, we can kind of see patterns that it is going downhill, like, so we said, look, that's fair enough, but they said, we're going up the sterile doses, like, and it might just give her a boost, like, so it did, and they said, look, this will only last now for uh, a couple of days, and about three weeks later, she was still, and they were kind of bringing us in, they goes, look, sorry, like, we, we didn't expect this, like, she's kept on, like, flying, flying like- and proving them wrong, not even proving them wrong, like, but just kind of, shocking them really like yeah. they're like how is like they were telling us like that this won't go on this long like and then they were kind of saying those people mentioned could she go home again and we're kind of going ah this is messing with our heads like you know, oh, one week are you planning a funeral and the next week are saying could she go home you're like mm-hmm. and that's how how much she was bouncing up and down like but then it did she just slowly kind of did deteriorate did deteriorate all right like and she passed in April, the 11th of April, the day before her birthday is the 12th. Ah, uh, okay. So uh, she died the day before her birthday. Uh, 2020? So, 2019? 2019. 2019. So that's what we said. Like, the only thing, looking back now, like, after all that happened, like, we're kind of glad it happened in 2019 and if it was 2020, like, we mm-hmm. wouldn't have even been left up to the Mary Mountain. Yeah. She would have caught everything and anything as well then, mm-hmm. as well, you know, but all that was going on, like, so. Do you know if, um... Do you know if you were in a situation where you got cancer? Please yeah. God, it don't happen. Yeah. But let, let's say if you were, and they tried the radiotherapy and they tried the chemotherapy and it didn't work, knowing what you know, know what happened, your mum, would you have? Would you go with that harsher one? So I don't know. I probably, like, I don't know. Would they more know more about it now? 
than what I did at the time and I definitely weigh up my options a bit more than we probably did like but at the time then we didn't kind of rush into it either like we did think about it like but we thought like this is probably the best chance we had to get better at the time mm. you know so we kind of went with the best chance yeah like, did you so. uh, oh, this might be a silly question but did you look into any kind of route different routes uh, through the medical like the spiritual kind of stuff like uh, we thought about that thing joint therapy uh, you go to America food, yeah, or all all these different things. Things. the cannabis all that kind of yeah. stuff like but we didn't really no we didn't we just kind of stuck with the hospital route in fairness mm. we did like and mm. we trusted them like but I know, I'm not going to say yeah. Jesus they are fought like it wasn't like you know like, like sure. what they had done for us no I want like yeah. like I know you hear people complain about COH and all this and that like Anytime we went over there, even if when she came home or when before she went in nearly permanent, like we, if we had to go up for anything, like because she got clots in her lungs before she went in as well. So we just go up, like and tell her the story and bang, she was in straight away, like not a bother, like the, the mm. she was well looked after, like everywhere she went. Like and how did you manage between the doors? Like that's the four or five years there, very yeah, fucking tough. I know, and that, it was tough now. In fairness, like you're you're living in the hospital as well yourself, like you know. I'm working up by the airport there, so I was just going from there to the hospital, to home, to work, the hospital, to home, kind of thing. The weekends, like, my sister was, could be down as well, like, or she might have to go back up for the Monday and Tuesday, and she'd be down for the rest of the week, and she'd even tell me there on Saturday, she'd go, go to the lads there and go have a pint, like, you know, just yeah. try and get a bit of normality again in her life, like, which was uh-huh. needed, like, you know, just to kind of take herself away from reality nearly, like, but then, as I said, like, you don't want to get too detached from it either, like, and just go yeah. on a bend or, like, you know, so... Did you ever do any bereavement counselling? I didn't, and it was actually a fella I met up in Marymount when my mum was up there, his mother died, and he said it to me, I goes, how's it going? He was like, he's like, is your mum up there? He's like, I, t- I knew his mother had died, had passed, like, and I was kind of wondering why he was up there, and he's like, I'm actually coming up to talk to someone, like, he said, you should give it a go, like, it's very good, like, and I actually thought about it before my mum got sick, and then... That all happened and I never kind of mm. got around to it then really like but you know all that um, hurt and upset you'll carry that and you might yeah. think you might think that it's not bothering you as much but I like my thing is for me anyway like I, like everyone is going to be different like like if it only happened to anyone like make sure like ask questions like because mm-hmm. like when you're brought into these rooms like they're telling you cancer and your mind just goes 90 like so like it was good that me and my sister were there together you know like, I've, I've probably taken stuff, she was taking stuff, and obviously you're not taking it in all, and, like, because there's just so much, like, so it was good that two of us were there, like, and ask questions, like, because even, like, when we were brought into the room for my mum, like, when she went back in for the second operation that time, they kind of said, look, lads, uh, there's a good chance as well that she might come out of this, like, because she's after going through many, so many surgeries in the last couple of months, like, and... Uh, I turned around and I was like, what would be the cause of death? Like, and the doctor kind of looked at me and was like, Jesus, like, and I was like, look, we've kind of been here, done this before, like, John, we kind of felt like we were blindsided the last time, you know, we weren't. Like, it was just, mm. we didn't want to hear the bad news with my dad. But this time, we were nearly didn't want to hear the good news because we thought they yeah. were just kind of bothering us up. But we wanted to know the truth and we wanted to know where we stood. Like, so mm. we were kind of asking blunt enough questions and all right, like, but I was like, so you want the, the right answers like you don't want to be fucking mm. like even when we were up in Marymount with my dad like one of the doctors kind of said something like he was like lads we were on about he had a good like week and he was like you're kind of forgetting about the elephant in the room like you know, the cancer which he was on about he was like 
you can kind of play Arsenal over the cracks. Like, mm-hmm. there's still the elephant in the room, he was saying. And yeah. It makes sense. Like, John, you kind of, yeah. it's easy to lose the run yourself, you mm-hmm. know, when you get a kind of couple of good days and a bit of good news. But, like, he's still a cancer, you know. Yeah. still there and it was still bad, like, so. What's your sister's name? Yeah, uh, Joanna. How so. was she? She's, she 38 now, so. How was she? Oh, how is she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How old is she? Yeah. Oh, well, she's <laughs> yeah. Good to know. Yeah. So, no, she's good now as well. Like, so she's up in Dublin. Like, so yeah. So now she's tipping me fine up there. Like, so mm-hmm. I'll. Are you living in the family home? I'm living in the family home now with my girlfriend, and we have a baby boy, ten oh, months. Congratulations, so, man. Hands full. Like, so yeah. he keeps it busy. It's the cycle, like, isn't it? Well, that's people it, leave like, the earth and people join the earth. It's the life so, yeah. cycle. Like my sister has a baby. I know he's five months old and awful. Like so, like she found out she was kind of pregnant soon after. I am like, and it is like it's a bit of sweet kind of a thing. All right, like yeah. not on not on near, next door near the same level along with yourself, but did a bit of a bereavement in Timmy's family mm-hmm. there during the week. Do you want to tell <laughs> us a little bit about that, Timmy? But uh, we came home Friday and one of the dogs was dead in the backyard. Ah, stuff. Yeah, but there's. Small, he was brought up with the child, you know. She was, she's, she was twelve. But oh, um, she was no mile away. Like. Ah, she fucking like he used to be out in the back, rolling around in the shit and the piss and the whole lot with her, and he was, <laughs> she'd be up on top of him and licking him. And yeah, we were small dog yeah. when I was in the smart. I was trying to grab the tail all the time, like she dog does not want to know it. But there was once a man of time, the minute she sees him come to the door, she'd go to the corner of the back and start hiding on him. Like, <laughs> but um, he just loved her and he took it, he took it heavy. Like, you know, uh, um, I told him Friday what happened and he was devastated. But, you know, I, go, I said this to James afterwards. I was there for him. You know, I was able to be there f- yeah. for, for him like you were there for your sister and your mum, when your dad died, I was there for him. And it was his first introduction to grief, yeah. you know, and it, it was an amazing feeling for me to be there because for years I would have been caught up in addiction. If I was stoned or drunk, I would have said, well, get over, it's only a dog. Yeah. Come on, cop on, it's a dog, yeah. you know. But now I understand that it's not just a dog. It's somebody that... My little boy spent a lot of beautiful memories with and he loved this dog and you know and 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 you know what we we um we spent the whole night with him then and we just talked about it and it was great yeah. it was probably no i i was gonna say the best weekends of my life but it it was it was very it was we had a great bond Rock for the weekend you know yeah. um and 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 it was healthy grief as well for the child and his first introduction yeah. to to grieving over over something he loved, you know. That's it. Like when you watch it, like you need you need people around you, like and like I have a good yeah. circle of friends as well, like that. I was lucky, like even Gillian there, and I was well, and her family, our brothers there, were, like they they couldn't have been nicer, couldn't have been better, and my friends like. So like I know even your mum and dad are gone, like I, mm. I I had a good circle around me, like which I was very thankful for as well, like that helped you, me through it. You know, when I speak to a lot of people, Rob, about uh, a family member dying of cancer, they'd be very, very grateful for the time that they get to spend with their loved one before they die. Because it in, in some cases somebody just dies, yeah. accident or uh, natural causes or whatever, just like that. But with cancer, you can really appreciate the person for who they are. 
in the time that you have left and you can really spend it together. Yeah, see, that's it. And even the nurses, they come across and they're like, so in the last couple of days, ma'am, they're like, if you had any questions, only want to ask or if you want to know, we're like, <laughs> like what do you ask her? Like, yeah. you know, like, nurse, I think Joanna was even looking for something there a couple of like, years or so after. She's like, fuck it, I could have asked her that. Like, you know, yeah. we even said a joke. And like, but then again, like, I think like on the steps of the, on the steps of the church over for my dad's funeral, I think a woman came up to me and she's like, oh, he's at rest now. Or he's, and it was kind of, I kind of took that bad as well. That, like, mm. You know, like he kind of didn't suffer, it happened so quick. I know because it was a long period, like, but he kind of got quick and went, it kind of happened quick as well. Like, I was like, he was a healthy man, really. Like, whereas with my mum, she went through a lot more. Like, you know, over the time we kind of went, look, she's been through a lot. Like, you know, yeah. no, she's at rest. Like, whereas my dad, when people said it, I kind of, kind of, I kind of got a bit up about it, like, you know, yeah. so. But then again, like I was all older in the second time, I kind of know a bit more about it and mm. you kind of handle yourself maybe a bit better. It sounded like your mother suffered a little bit more. Oh, yeah. Like she was in the hospital nearly for eight months, like, mm. you know, like so. And all the complications. Long, long time, like, and it was just kind of knockback after knockback. Like, like she smiled through them all, like yeah. she took it all on board, yeah. like, and went for it, like, you know, even. Sounds like you have great parents. And like, Jesus, they were no fairness, like, and. Mm. Those. It was just, I was a tough couple of years, like, but the, our mum, like, she was positive about everything, like, and that's, like, my, me and my sister would be too, like, well, I probably, she'd probably be a bit more positive than me, but yeah. Times, like, but, yeah, like, she, that's definitely from our mum's side, anyway, like, but. But sure, look, we'll finish up with you, so, do you want to tell us a little bit about what you're doing with yourself, you've got a girlfriend and a kid, are you working, playing sports? Uh, yeah, so I'm working up in the airport business park for a computer software company, Red Hat, and uh, working from home, like everyone, for the oh, last couple yeah, years, yeah. Like, so I'm still from home, so. Gives you time to spend with Smartfra. Yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to going back to the office. <laughs> 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 we'll have to cut that piece up, you know, James. Yeah, well, here's yeah, that. She's going to edit that. No, it would be good to get back to the normality as well. Though. But yeah, it definitely has been. So I've been there for everything. Like, so yeah. I haven't been gotten away with any nappy changes or uh, feeds or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She'll miss it when you go back. Yeah. yeah. She doesn't think it like, but she will. <laughs> Do you know what? That's, that's actually a fair point. Yeah. Do you know, relationships really got stronger during the you know, Some of them went fucking bad and there was a lot of splits and divorces. Yeah. But some relationships got really strong, you know, couples yeah. and stuff because of the lockdown. Yeah. And when one of the couple went back to work, it was like, it was, it was actually tough because I remember my one here. You know, she, when I went back to, to work after being in the lock, she was, She'd be ringing me, she's saying, fuck it, it's hard to get used to not having you here. Oh, it is. You know? You're just in, you're nearly yeah. giant at the hip, like, yeah. you know what I mean? And you leave, like, you're back into your normal mm. routine, like, so, so yeah. It'd be a wake-up call, even for me, you know, yeah. like, you know, so. I actually went to work down in Castle Isle in the Kerry. I took the phone just to get away from <laughs> just to, just to, no, no, I'm only kidding. Free jobs and all that. Just to get out of the house, just yeah, to get out yeah. of the house. We, it was during the lockdown, but it was, um, it was essential works. We were working in, uh, Noel folks home doing fire, fire yeah. uh, safety stuff. And I was actually very happy just to get out and get into the van. Mm. But I'm the same, like, John, you're over, like, you finish work. You're still there, like, no, you have to get out and go out for a walk or just to get out of the house or you go after a game, like, you're, or you're in the house 24-7, like, just a bit of air, like, or you crack yeah. up, like. Yeah. 
thanks for coming on the podcast, Ronnie. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Sure, I appreciate thanks. it. Thanks. Not, not an easy topic, but you spoke about it with a tremendous amount of dignity yeah. and respect thanks. to your parents. Yeah. They raised a good man. They sound like they were very good people. Salt of the earth, like most Norries. Yeah. And they're a credit, <laughs> they're a credit to Parklands and the North Side in general. Thanks. Just one more uh, thing. If if anyone is struggling with a family member with a cancer, what, mm. what kind of advice would you give them? Uh, ask questions. Like no matter what, when like when the doctors come in, it's so overwhelming. Like it is overwhelming. Like and you're, or you're thinking of the worst straight away. Like but like you can go away, like write it down and come back in and ask them. Like yeah. have it written down in front of you. Like know what you're going to say and don't leave until you get them answers. Make sure you you register what they tell you. Like because they could be speaking to you and it could go in one ear out the other just because you're you're so taken back by the bad news. Like mm-hmm. and again, like speak to people. Like like I talk to my friends a lot. Like you know so. Yeah, and uh, we we leave uh, numbers and links for uh, low cost counselling in the description of the video and the podcast on Acast and Spotify. That's so people can uh, yeah reach out and and get some help. But thanks, Robbie. No, thanks, Robbie. Timmy, thanks, Thanks. Ron, and we see you next week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.